0: John chapter 8, verse 12, light of life. Welcome everyone this morning. If you haven't received your uh, note, I want you to get one. One of the ushers will be able to give you one. Um, I know we have different devices for taking notes, uh, but there's nothing about having a paper and pen. So if you want to go ahead and get one, uh, if someone needs one, please go ahead and get it because I want you to receive this word because I believe this is the word that's going to continue past this morning. Okay, it's going to continue past this morning. Light of life. John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in, in darkness. So automatically, Jesus is making a declaration that I am the light of the world, and if you walk in me, you will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. What a powerful message. From the context of this, the last two Sundays, we looked at the law of life, and we see that the story is of this woman who was caught in the middle of adultery. It wasn't about the woman who was caught in the middle of adultery. It was about Jesus. And how Jesus chose life. How Jesus spoke life. And how Jesus released this woman to live life. And here it is now. That after he's declared this. The Bible says that Jesus spoke again. How many glad that Jesus is speaking again? It tells us that the first time because of distractions we could have missed what Jesus was saying. But how many of you glad that Jesus has spoken again? Oh come on, come on, come on. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that Jesus is speaking again. From the book of Matthew, sorry, the book of Malachi to Matthew there was silence. But then God spoke again. And so in the midst of sometimes when things seem silent, uh-uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, because Jesus is about to speak again. And here he begins now, and he's declaring what I believe, this principle. Write this down, we're going to put it on the screen for you. He says, listen, if we want to be successful, if we want our light to shine, which is really the light of God in us to shine, if we want to be able to choose life and walk in success, he says we need to make decisions... In the light of life, not in the darkness of the night. When he gave me that revelation yesterday, I'm driving and I'm meditating and I'm like, God, when I look over my life and if you look over your life and the decisions we made that brought hardship, the decisions we made that brought regret, it was because we were making those decisions in the darkness of night. It's when the enemy was blocking all the blessings out of your life. It's when the enemy was taking all kinds of hope away from you. And you felt that there was no hope and it was a dark place. But how many know that darkness is simply the absence of light? There's no such thing as darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. And so what happens when you find yourself in a dark place is because the enemy has blocked out the light of life. So when you leave this place and from now on until you go to heaven, I'm going to make decisions based on the light or the revelation of life. So in other words, what he's saying is this, light and life. Light is life. And so he said, I'm not only giving you the revelation for things to grow, I'm also giving you the source of how things grow. So when you make a decision, understand that God is your source. So just like the prophet Elijah who spoke prophetically over a nation and the things dried up because there was no rain coming from heaven and he had to live under those same conditions. He prophesied, he made a declaration of God's promise and he had to live under those conditions. And oftentimes we made declarations of the goodness of God in dark places. And it takes a lot of faith to speak life in some things that you think are totally dead. And so here was a prophet now drinking from the brook and having the birds bring his food. But what do you do when the brook dries up and the bird don't come anymore? It's okay when the brook is flowing. And it's okay when the birds are flying. But what happens when the brook dries up and the birds stopped coming, do you still speak God's word? But how many know that God spoke again? Come on, somebody. God spoke again. So when you find yourself in a situation where you think the resources are drying up, the source is going to speak light and life right back into your life. You ought to give God praise. How many can testify to things that dried up in your life? How many can testify where the birds weren't bringing nothing to you? But all you said, Lord, speak again. Speak again. Why are you going to that church? Because I need to hear from God again. Let me behave myself. You're getting me to preach already. I'm just my first point. Just my first point. So we need to make decisions in the light of life. Not in the darkness darkness of the night. I hear the word from the Psalm. It says, weeping may endure for the, but joy comes in. Or you can say, joy comes in the light. Come on, somebody. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's for someone this morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but guess what? God is going to speak again and I'm going to hear a word and if I walk in the light, darkness, Darkness can no longer have control over you. When you talk about light, you have to again go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. I mean, you can talk about light and not go back to the origin and the beginning of it. And God said in 1, verse 3, have you noticed that God likes to speak? (laughs) Thank God he speaks. Thank God he always wants to tell us What is on his mind. And what was on his mind in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 was, let there be light. And there was light. Now you must understand that this wasn't the sun and the moon. That didn't come until further on in the creation process. So this tells us then that there was a light that God was declaring that wasn't the sun or the moon or the stars. So it requires then us as believers to look deeper. Someone say go deeper. He says, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. The first characteristic we see of God is he's saying that what I create is good. What I do is good when you see it in the light. But if you live in the dark, you will never be able to see my goodness. And God said it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Oh, come on. There's got to be a separation there's got to be a cutting away of, I am not ashamed of the light. I don't want to live in darkness anymore. Um, you see, when, when, the way I grew up, I grew up, grew up in the projects, and, and, and so there was, there, there, was, there was cockroaches and there were, there were things that, 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 would, that would form and that would come out when the lights were off. Uh, come on. Come on, I'm not ashamed. God took me from the ghetto. Come on. Because I made a decision. I may have to live there, but I'm, it's not going to live in me. Come on, somebody. It's not going to infiltrate my mind. It might be dark, but I see light. Uh, thank be to God someone says, you got to get saved. I'm going to pay for your way to camp. And I'm going to make sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ, you hear the message. But there were times when I walked into the kitchen and when I turned on the light, all those critters had to go. See, see when the enemy is giving you a hard time, just, just turn on the light. Come on. <laughs> Don't try to fight him in the dark. Just turn on the light. There's a separation taking place. God gave that word to, to Vicky. They went to a prophetic conference. And God says, I'm, I'm drawing a line right here. Those who are going to want to walk in the light of life are going to come over here and see my goodness. For those who want to stay in the darkness. Darkness always leads to death. And we're going we're to see that here. So John now, which is a great gospel to read for anyone that first choose life or give your life to Jesus, we often recommend that the book of John is where you start. And so here it is now that John the Revelator was writing and he says, In the beginning, John chapter 1 verse 1 to 4, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. So in other words, what we're doing today as we're breathing in and out, this is not life, this is living. And there's a major difference between breathing in and out, thank God for his mercy, because if he ever decides to take it away, we would die. But he's saying in him was life. So there's something that we need to move from just living to having life. That's why people can come into church or you can talk to your coworkers, your friends, and they're living. And you can tell them of m- many things, but until they actually receive life, they're simply just living. And it says then that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. In other words, there is nothing the enemy has. There is nothing you and I can go through that can overcome the power of the light. So light of life in John chapter 8, verse 12, is that you know no matter what you are facing, face him. And we're going to get to that in 2 Corinthians 4. You're going to see how we must look in the face of Jesus Christ to see light and life. So when I make, let me jump ahead. Is that okay? Because you all are pulling me to jump ahead. So here it is now that if we look at the revelation or the face of Jesus Christ, when we make decisions, we make decisions in the face of Jesus. So we now, it wasn't just a cool saying, what would Jesus do? It literally becomes a way of living. So what would Jesus do? And so I look into the light of life, that's what he would do, that's what I'm doing. Because he only did what he heard the Father tell him. And so this is what he wants us to understand. That the light is going to shine in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. So my first point there in your notes is this. A, living in the world. Living in the world. Believe it or not, the fact that you're born, the fact that you're breathing, you're living in this world. And so 1 John 2 verse 16 tells us the conditions, the systems, the, the, the culture of this world. And John says, for all that is in the world, He's not talking about mankind now. He says, for God so loved the world. We're not talking about God's love for the world. We're talking about living in the world, in this system. And it says that all is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of what? It says it's none of the Father. So automatically, we know that God is good, but we also see that these three things are none of the Father. They're of the world. The Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. So every trick, every single challenge, every dark place in our lives, everything that we have not succeeded is because of one of these three areas. So living in this world, but yet we have to understand that God has called us then to transform, excuse me, this world. So we have to understand what it's like to live in the world or live in the world, and we have to try to understand how life is supposed to be lived in the world. And so in Exodus chapter 10, verse 21 and 23, we can see how the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and living in the world, how it brings darkness. Then Moses, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hands, Exodus 10, verse 21, 23, stretch out your hands towards the sky, so that darkness spreads over Egypt. Darkness that can be felt. So this was just a darkness where my daughter, my youngest, says, hey, dad, I need the nightlight. This is the darkness that you can feel. Have you ever been in that place where there's a darkness that it's not just you can't see, you can feel this darkness. I remember I went to Atlanta. Uh, myself and Pastor we went on, a, on an assignment. And we got there and as soon as we just stepped into the particular city, we felt darkness. I mean, it was like, it, w- it was darkness. Where well, I'm like, I had to use the back. I mean, it was darkness. Too much information? Okay. But, but, but you see, 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 when you feel darkness, you gotta. Oh, let I me mean, stop that. Being too transparent here. You know what I mean? I apologize to all the guests. We're more dignified than this. I apologize. I, 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 I apologize. I apologize. But I know there's some folks that say, Yes, Pastor. I've been in some place where there's darkness where I've gotta take a seat. Oh, come on, come on. Be- beca- because all hope, all breath is gone. And you're in this place of darkness. The culture. And, and what is happening, it's dark. And here it was that God was telling Pharaoh, let my people go. The light is speaking. And Pharaoh, because the pride of life, would not let them go. And I'm here to tell you, watch this, that whenever you live in darkness, what is next is death. This was the ninth plague that was afflicting the people in Egypt. And God was saying, let my people go. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever word, heard the word of the Lord says, let my people go? August 16, 1988, I heard the Lord said, and said let Rowan go. You see, when you chose life, it wasn't just okay. No, God says, let AJ go. Oh, my God. When you chose life, what happened that you weren't aware of was God says, let them go. Woo, come on, say it. Let Wendy go. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on. Ah, darkness has got to let you go. When you find yourself feeling this darkness, know that God is making a declaration right after that. And he says, let them go. Let them, go. So Moses stretched out his hands toward the sky and told the darkness come all for for three days. No one could see anyone or move about for three days, and that's what darkness does. It captures you and you can't move. Though you're living, you have no life. In this darkness, nothing can grow, nothing can flourish, nothing can blossom. The most powerful nation at the time was brought to its knees because God says, let my people go. And any nation that when God speaks does not answer, trust me, death is next. So for this nation, if you love this country, we need to make a declaration. Let my people go. Well, I thought I had more people declaring it now. If you love this country... You need to open up your mouth and says, Let my people go. You gotta tell the culture, let my people go. You gotta tell the education system, let my people go. Come on, you gotta tell media, let my people go. You gotta speak to every cultural mountain and says, Let God's people go. Woo. And the only way that's gonna happen is if my people will go. Come on, that gets at least a little bit of this. Come on, that gets a little of Michael. Come on, come on. Come on. We got to let... You got to go into those cultural mountains and you got to let them know the light has showed up. Oh, my no, God. There it is, Holy Ghost. That's why we can't be ashamed. We're believing God, asking God for increase, and God wants to increase us. He wants to increase us for his glory. So if you are going to say, let my people go, you got to be willing to go. Mm. Saint Corinthians 6 verse 4 says, and what communion has light with darkness? There's got to be a separation. Stop living in darkness. Don't like darkness. Darkness is dangerous because after this plague, then came death. And so watch God now. He said, Pharaoh wouldn't let them go. So God says, okay, the tenth plague is the death of the firstborn. And God says, now there has to be death. And so he says, now sacrifice the animal and take the blood. Oh, my God. Thank God for the blood. In some churches, you can't speak about the blood anymore. Come on, somebody. And that's why the enemy is infiltrating those places. But when you put the blood outside your door, mm, good God almighty, and so here he says now, he says, he says, wherever I see the blood, I'll pass over. And so those who chose life and were living behind the door that had the blood on it, they were able to have life. But those who didn't have the blood applied, no door could keep death from coming. in. So there was a cry in Egypt. There was a cry in Egypt for the death of the truth. Because they refused light, but here's the thing in Exodus 10, verse 23, it says, "Yet all the Israelites had light in the places where they lived." So while there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen where the children of Israel were placed by the sovereign hand of God. So that's telling me then it's describing us, the church. Wherever the church is, there is light. So what do we have to do then? Point number two. Point number two is life as a witness. Life as a witness. If you have chosen life, or you choose life, and I believe that where most people are, they're here. You love Jesus. You've accepted Jesus. And if you haven't, you have an opportunity this morning to choose life. And for some people, you're over here, you're speaking life. Now, the moment you move away from here, you're going to get some criticism. Because people are going to say, it doesn't take all that. Once you've chosen life, just check check it off your box. But when you start speaking life, I'm talking when you see the conditions and you speak to your finance, folks will think you are crazy talking to yourself. (laughs) Because you can't live life without speaking life. And you can't speak life until you've chosen life. And so if we want to live life... As the light, we have to speak life. And so here it is now, that John the Baptist now came as a witness to the light. He came as a witness to the light. The Bible says in John 1, verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I want you now in your notes to put your name there. There was a man or there was a woman sent from God whose name was, and you put your name in there. That's how it works. There was a man, there was a woman, sent from God, whose name, and put your name there. So if you have chosen life, if you choose life, put your name there. Don't be ashamed to say, God has sent me here to bring light in this darkness. To know that you have been chosen by God is absolutely awesome. It's awesome. Yesterday, the teens, we went out to play basketball, and they were trash-talking their pastor. But I had to put a beating on them. Um, I stopped counting. That's how much we were destroying them. I told you I have the mic. See, you can trash talk without the mic, but I got the mic. So I told him. And so we we chose our team. And Richie was just absolutely excited to be on my team. So was Andrew. See, to be chosen is awesome. He could have been praying, praying, God, please let Rowan choose me. And I chose him. So when God has chosen you for his team, come on. You know you're on the winning team. Come on. You know you're on the exciting team. And here it was that John. So perhaps this isn't significant for you because you have to understand how John was born then. Because John was a miraculous birth. That here it was that God spoke again. That here it was, was John's mother thought they couldn't have any kids. Come on. But God spoke again. He spoke again to the barrenness, the deadness of the womb. Come on. He says, let there be life come forth. Because I need a witness. I need a life that will witness the goodness of God. And so here it is now that John was born. He was designed for this purpose. I quote this from John MacArthur. Watch this. This was powerful. In true greatness, and I quote, the right person is always matched to the right position. Oh, God. Before we finish this, some of you cartwheels in this place. Because watch. True greatness is always get to the right person in the right position. And so the enemy wants to, he wants to get you out of position. Now, I am a basketball, obviously, fan. I enjoy the game. And I tell people all the time, the game where Michael Jordan in his freshman year was playing against Georgetown, and it was with Patrick Ewan, and all these superstars that eventually became and played for the Lakers and a different team. And so here it was now that they told the coach, we're going to win the championship for you. This was the seniors last and said, we're going to win the championship for you. And all of a sudden now, they're coming down to the last uh, minutes of the game. And so they drew up the plan. And so the plan was that, that, that as long as you got in position, we'll get you the ball. And so here it was now that, that they had the ball and there's had someone on top and they passed the ball. But while the ball was moving, someone was getting in position for oh, God. And so while God is doing some work, God is saying get in position because you're the right person in the right position for true greatness. Can I teach this thing? And what was neat was here was this young freshman named Michael Jordan that was moving without the ball. Come on. (laughs) We got some folks in church. They won't move until God gives them the ball. No, baby. Move without the ball. That's called faith. I'm moving. Where you going? I'm like Abraham. Can I preach this thing? I'm looking for a city. Who's builder and maker is God. Where are you going, Abraham? I don't know. I'm just moving. I'm, I'm just moving. I'm just moving. Come on. Tell your neighbor. I'm just moving. Come on. I'm I'm, 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 I'm I'm moving on up. Come on. Come on. Come on, somebody. And so and so you've got to be moving. Don't just stand still. Move. Someone say move. Someone say move. The Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. Come on. You got to move without the ball. Ah, <laughs> God. And here he was moving into position. And all of a sudden, and I ask this question when I do my leadership conference. Yeah, we know Michael Jordan scored the winning basket with his tongue sticking out and he shot and scored the basketball. Who passed him the ball? Um, what? Someone passed him the ball? You better believe it, baby. He didn't inbound it himself. He didn't dribble down the court by himself. He didn't go in position by himself. No, he followed the play because true greatness knows the right person to be in the right position. And so here it is now that he went into the right position. And so here the ball came out to a senior. I'm not going to tell you the answer. You can research it yourself or come in my leadership class. And so he, he, here it is now that that he's sitting He's thinking, it's a freshman. I told the coach we're going to win the championship. Am I really going to put the ball in the hands of a freshman? Am I really going to trust my word to the coach in the hands of a freshman? Oh, come on. And the enemy has looked at you when God's about to give you the ball and the devil's lying to you saying, really, God, you're going to put the ball in the hand of a freshman? You're going to put the hands of someone who failed? You Come on. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's going to try to accuse you and says you're not worthy. You can't handle the ball. But tell the devil to shut up. I'm the right person in the right position. And if I just stay right here, the ball is coming. Mm. That's the name of the Lord. Someone say get in position. He says the person which much potential will accomplish little if he's not channeled into the work that takes full advantage of all his abilities. So what God is saying, that God has given you talent. He's giving you gifts. He's giving you a personality. God doesn't abort all those things. He uses those things because you're the right person for the right season to be in the right position. Come on, you're the right person. And that's why I'm the righteousness of God, not perfection. I'm just in the right position by the right person. It's God who called me. I didn't call myself. Come on, it's God who called me. And all I'm doing is I'm moving into position. God is sitting up here with the basketball and he wants to get it. But he says, move, move, move. Get into position. And trust me, the ball is coming. And so here it was. When Michael Jordan went on to this famous multi-billion basketball player. And the person who passed him the ball got an NCAA championship in him. From our perspective, we would think he wasn't successful. But he was because he kept his word. He kept his word to Christ. And that granted him success. And God knows I'm keeping my word to you that if you walk in the light, you will not walk in darkness. Because I want you to be my witness. So once you to. Watch this now. So it says, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all may believe. He was not the light. See, see, he was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone who's coming into the world. So, so let me leave this with you real quick. Let me leave this with you. When we find ourselves in dark places, we often ask the hardest question. And so what we have to understand is how to ask questions in the right season of our lives. So let me bring it through this. Watch. So so if you ask the wrong questions in the right season, you're like Job's friends. Job was in the right season. They were asking the wrong question. The God friend says, oh, let me ask you some questions. So that's Job's friends. They'll ask, or you might be Job's friend, or you might be Job, asking the wrong questions in the right season. Or this is what we need to discern for: we ask the wrong questions in the wrong season. That's typically the enemy masquerading as light. And so the enemy now will ask you the wrong questions in the wrong season. And that's what happened in the God. He spoke to a season of lack that didn't exist. And masquerade himself as a serpent. So he can get you to ask the wrong questions in the wrong season. But when you ask the right questions... In the right season, you speak to dry bones. Ezekiel. When he was brought into the valley of dry bones, he didn't say a word until he heard the father tell him. So he says, can these bones live? Right question. Come on. In the right season. So God, when he gives you a word, is always the right question in the right season of your life. And so here it is now that John the Baptist, because he became as the forerunner for Christ, got to a place in his life, and I'm telling you, this woman's conference, you don't want to miss it at all, you ladies. What God has given to me, and what's going to be released through the speakers, is you're going to understand the seven letters that will literally, literally shift this nation. And as I was preparing, I was like, God, we can't charge 10 bucks, but we're feeding them. I said, but I want everyone to be able to come because I don't want money to be an issue. He said, but you're feeding them. I'm like, okay. And then God finally told me, Rowan, you're concerned about the numbers, aren't you? He says, those who will be there will be there. And he said, now after I've settled that... I'm here to tell you, it's going to be such a prophetic. These seven letters are so prophetic. And I'm here to tell you, we already see it happening in the world. There's a movement that began, but the enemy is asking the wrong sort. The, the enemy is allowing people to ask the wrong question in the wrong season. And it's perverted. But God is saying now that when these sisters come together, good God of Let me just give you a preview. Can I give you a preview? There are four kings. That altered a nation because of four ladies. Now, the men, the ladies, altered a nation. And the question is, two of these ladies need the seven letters. When you recognize these seven letters, it is absolutely going to shift your life. Commercial break is over. So watch this now. So John the Baptist now, he gets to a place of where now because he was speaking to the nation, they arrested him. Because he wasn't ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, they arrested him. And I'm going quick. And so here he is now. Now when John heard in prison. So John is in prison because of the prophetic voice. And John is now in prison. The witness, right? This miraculous person. He's in prison. He's in a dark place. Prison wasn't like they are now in America. This was prison. It was dark. And he's asking the question Are you the one to come or should we look for another? So, John's question was this the life of a witness. There are times when you say yes to Jesus. There are times when you say yes to God and you step out with boldness and you find yourself in a prison. The question you're asking is not necessarily a question of doubt, you're asking this question. Did I waste my life as a witness? Because I don't mind being locked up for the word, but did I waste my life? And watch Jesus now because the question was being asked. Hey, ask Jesus, did I waste my life as a witness? And watch Jesus now. And Jesus answered him and says, go! Right back to where he says, let my people go. Jesus tells him, you go back to John. Let him know his life is not a waste. That he is my witness. Tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear and the dead are raised up. Another kingdom, John, has entered into this atmosphere. And here's the evidence of it. And he said, Blessed, empowered is the one who's not offended by me. So he's saying this that when you find yourself in a dark place and you're wondering, God, did I waste my life as a witness? God is saying, no, baby, no. Don't be offended. See what I'm doing and let people know about what I'm doing. In other words, when you experience grace, tell people about the grace of God. When you experience mercy, tell people about the mercy of God. You may not see the death walk, but you know about the grace of God in your own life. And you got to tell people, this is what God has done for me. He transformed me. He changed my life. He changed the way I was thinking. I'm a witness. Someone shout, I'm a witness. Here in Acts chapter 3, verse 15, and he says, you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. This Easter, we got to let people know that the grave is empty. Come on, somebody. The grave is empty. I've witnessed it. Wow, by the Holy Spirit inside of me, that I know that the grave is empty. Susan went to Israel, and I probably, I don't know if you went to see the tomb, but I know that it is empty. Come on, somebody. She was an eyewitness to the very thing that we are giving our lives for. It's worth your life being a witness for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So much, you I'm a witness. I tell Nike stop stealing our slogans. Come on. When LeBron James came on the scene, they were like, he's, you got to witness him. They were saying, look, true greatness is what they were saying. His built, his physique, his talents, the way he's shaped. They're saying, that's just a miracle of God. And they're saying, he, he's a witness. So his birth, his talents, his birth, his talents caused the market to produce increase. Because of one person. Because of one person. So I, I tried to get one of the shirts. I was going to wear it today called witness. They're not out yet. But his shoes are out. Very expensive, just have the word witness on them. So I'm like, listen, man. Nike, quit taking, like, just do it. quit taking our school." Because even the word Nike in the Greek means overcoming means victory. The in It's it's a Greek word. And they got a hold of it. I don't understand the power of marketing. Please my, stand My my final point is this the word of life. The word of life. So we have to speak life. John the Baptist, he chose life. Now we have to speak life, the word of life behind. Now, Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 and 16. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 and 16. When you find yourself having to be a witness, you're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have to speak the word of life. Philippians 2, verse 14 and 16 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as light in the world. Hold and fast the word of life. So I may rejoice in the day of Christ, I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Interesting statement I want to make. I don't believe this was just totally directed to the people that Paul was leading and growing in the church of Philippines. I think this is for pastors. And so Diedrich Bonhoeffer, one of the great theologians, in his book Life Together, the classic exploration of Christian community, made this statement, I quote. And this hit me real hard. A pastor should never complain about his congregation. Certainly never to other people, but also not to God. A congregation has not been entrusted to him or to her in order that he should become its accuser before God and men. Wow. Okay. A pastor should never complain. So here we're asking the people of God don't complain. But here pastors are complaining. And he's saying now, we should never complain about our congregation. Certainly never to other people, but also not to God. A congregation that has not not been entrusted to him in order that he or she should become its accuser before God and man. Oh my God. So here's what we need to do then. Here's what we need to do. So how do you get to a place of where you don't complain and dispute? How do we do that? First thing, you have to hold your gaze. So the word of God, watch this now. The word of God, you have to hold your gaze. Everywhere it goes, you gotta look at it. I can't complain because I have to speak life, because I'm looking at life. I'm holding my gaze. I'm holding my gaze. Second thing you have to do, you have to hold your position. Hold your position. The enemy is gonna to try to talk to you, he's gonna bring lies, he's gonna bring accusation, but hold your position. The third thing is: do not leave the word of God. Do not leave the word of life. Next thing is stay with the word of life. If you hold your gaze, if you hold your position, if you do not leave, if you stay with the word of life, then you fix your mind on the word of life. And finally, just totally surrender. I'm going to give my whole life to the word of life. Give my life to the word of life. To the word of life. That's what we're saying right here. In Acts 5 verse 20, here it was now. He told them. Here's the word again. Go. Man, that word keeps coming up. This word go keeps coming up. Jesus tells them. So Moses says, hey, let my people go. He says, Moses, I want you to go. Here it is now that, that John the Baptist is asking a question. And Jesus tells the disciples of John the Baptist, hey, go and tell. And here it is now that in Acts chapter 5 verse 20 He's telling the disciples to go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Of this life. Let me fix this and then I'll launch you out of here. is this? I hate labels. When you label somebody, you put limits on them. Stop labeling people. We've got we to stop labeling. Stop labeling. And so one of the things that's been labeled is this, this concept called the, the, the word of faith movement. I don't even know what they mean by that, honestly. Perhaps my my ignorance or whatever. And so I, so I looked at the script in Acts 3, verse 16. And we don't have faith in faith. We have faith in God. But you can't, you can't remove faith from the word of life. Like you, can't, you can't separate those 2 They're connected. This is going to free somebody up right now. So in Acts 3.16, I believe the apostles gave us not the birth of the word of faith, but he gave us how to live the word of faith. Because when you understand the word of life, you then understand Acts 3.16. And stay with me with this, please. And it says, and his name, and his name, by faith in his name. It's not faith in faith. It's faith in the name of Jesus. The word of life. So he's telling us now that this man, that made this man strong, whom you see and know, you witness. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man the perfect health in all the presence of you all. So when you see God demonstrated, that's faith that's being released. So if you want to move from just speak life, and now you want to live life, what God is saying is this: that the word of life now needs to be spoken as faith. Because the enemy wants to abort a movement that brings freedom because of our limited way of thinking, because of a label. So and so, we, we, we let's not be let's not label ourselves. We are the children of God. And so we then walk in the light as He is the light. No, we can't walk in darkness. So here it is now. Here it is, and i launch you with this. After all of that, after all of that, the last thing is this. Live life. Ready for this? Live life. Live life. How, Pastor Roe? How do I live life? You live life. So let's go back to my first point. Living in the world. That was my first point, right? And we see it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. So he says, but Pastor, I'm living in the world. How do I live a different way? And so we end it now. He says, live life, take the same two words, in the... So you getting that? So we began by saying, "Living." These two words, in the world. Now we're saying live life in the light of life. Did, did, did that scene? He said in John chapter 8 verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world, oh God. So even though there's these things in the atmosphere that's happening, he's saying if you live life, me, in the light, me, Of life, me, it's all about me. So go live life in the light of life and shine your light on this world so you can expose the things that are holding you back. From receiving your miracle, from receiving everything that God has for you, I hope this morning I'm breaking limitation off of your life, because as Tim was praying and saying, "Take the limits off and believe God for what He's saying, God is saying, you can't go until you know.. Yeah. So in Psalms 21, he says this, he says this, for those of you who, are, how many of you here this morning, you want to live life in the light of life? Show your hands. Don't, don't me say, you want to do it? You want to do it? Okay, watch, watch. Psalms 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? My God, you got to step into darkness and say, the Lord is my light. And my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom. Look. at He changes. Who should I fear? And who shall I be afraid? Psalms 36 verse 9. For with you is the fountain of life. Psalms 36 verse 9. Psalms 36 9. For with you is the foundation of life. In your light we see light. Oh my goodness. And finally now. St. Corinthians 4 verse 6. For God. Who commended the light, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, to shine out of darkness, shine into our hearts to get the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Go! Go! Life as a witness, go! Because now you know the face of Jesus Christ. Go and show my glory. Go, Annie Mark, get set. Go. Ooh, shit. Every in the national. I don't know if y'all like this, and I think I do. Well so I would just Go. Go. You have been commissioned by God. He is giving you the knowledge to Even the very thing that you're going to ask God for is because God has given you the opportunity to ask you. So open up your mouth. And speak life and live life in the light of life. If you're here this morning, say Pastor Row, I'm living, but I don't know life. You have an opportunity this morning to choose life. But everybody, every eyes closed. We don't need to embarrass you, but but we want to invite you to, to raise your hands and, 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 and to come and, and, and to, 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 to receive life. Receive life. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. If that's you in this place, God wants you to go. And the first way you have to go is go to the altar. That's the first place you have to go. You have to go to the altar. If you're here with every head bowed, every eyes closed, and, 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 and you say, Pastor, I, I want to choose life. I don't want to live in darkness anymore. For those who are watching from, from life, Facebook life. You're saying, Pastor, I don't want to live in darkness anymore. I choose life. We celebrate with you right now, where, where you are. We celebrate life with you. Is there anybody here? whatever, about every eyes closed? If that's you, and you're saying, Pastor, I, I I choose life. I want you to put your hands up, real real quick. Oh. I choose, I choose life. I choose life. I choose life. I don't want to live in darkness anymore. I don't want to live in darkness anymore because all that's waiting for me is death. Father, those who raise their hands that chosen life. We thank you for them. Now, 67. I know there are people here. Today is your commission. You are the right person. You gotta get in the right position. Go! honey marks. Get in the starting line. Come on, come on, that's it, that's it. See the finish line. Don't be distracted because if it's a false start, you get disqualified. Honey mark. See the hurt. See the despair. See the depression. See the darkness. Get in the block. Someone shout on your marks. Get set. See, see when you get get in the blocks, you're like this. And you wait. You don't look at what the next person is doing. Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. What about John? Don't worry. Honey, Mark. Peter. And get set. God, I'm hurting in this position. Stay in that position. And now... He's saying, go! Do you have your assignment? you have your assignment? Come on, I only got 30 seconds. Do you have your assignment? Get your assignment. Because the assignment will have the face of... Oh my God. The assignment will have the face of Jesus on it. Because it's all about His glory. Do you see your assignment? Do you see your assignment? Do you see your assignment? Someone say, Pastor O, oh, I I see my assignment. It's before me. It's before me. But I see the face of Jesus. (laughs) So I can run this race. Because I see the face of Jesus. And it's for His glory. If you have an assignment. Before you feed your stomach. I want to feed your faith. Come on. I need 60 seconds. For those who heard the gun go off. Go, I want you to come. Come on. Come on, you got your go. I want you to come. I want you to come to the altar. Go. Honey Mark it said, go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. See the face of Jesus. 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 Face of Jesus. Look at life. Come on. Look at life on your mark. Here my Lord. Who can I send? Who will go? Here she is, Lord. Here she is, Lord. Here she is, Lord. Here she is, Lord. Here she is. All my life. All my life. All of my life. All of my life. All of my life. I was talking to Kelly, our, our children's pastor. and I See, I'm prophesying that. Our children's pastor. And I. I said, Kelly, get licensed. I, I said, Kelly, are you willing to give your daughter back to God? Are you willing to give her your entire life What he's asking of you, and what he's asking of me, is I gave my life for you so you can give your life to me. In the face of Jesus Christ, you have the knowledge. That's it, that's it. You're not inadequate. You're not inadequate. God has designed you with everything you need by his strength it's by his strength it's by his strength yeah that's it's by his strength it's by his strength it's by his strength it's by his strength and I don't know what season in your life you're in but ask the right questions only you know Lord so I won't speak until you tell me the knowledge of Jesus Christ so it's your glory. Only you know if you're in the right season. That's what God is speaking to you this morning. Open up your mind and says, God, only you know. I'm in a dark place. God, only you know. I'm in a place. God, only you know. All I know is that you know when I'm going to go. So, Father, bless your people. Bless your people now. Bless your people. One more time. Everybody in this building, one more time. Say, on your mark, mark. get set, set. go. Go. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Live life in the light of life. God bless you. Father, we thank you now. Thank you that you fed us spiritually. Now we're going to feed ourselves naturally. We pray God for this time of fellowship. That we would do life together. And I pray as we are eating food. That we will go around and ask people. Are you set? Now go. Go. Be the light. That shines. In the darkness. America. Hear me now. America. Oh God. Oh God. Tell me Holy Ghost. We used to be the nation that would tell people to go. And send missionaries to other nations. Now God is telling other nations to go. Said missionaries to us. Let our light never go out, America. Let our light never go out. And the only hope darkness is darkness in the church. The only hope for America is the light that shines from the church. Let your light shine. Go! In Jesus' name. God bless your people. I speak a blessing over them. And I'll never be a pastor who will bring accusation against your people. I'll speak life. I'll speak life. I'll speak life. In Jesus' name. Greet one another in the joy of the Lord. God bless you. Help yourself to some refreshments, some food out there. Enjoy the rest of your day. In Jesus' name, we love you all. God bless you. The rocks cry out if we don't shout the praises of our God. There's nothing that can stand it.